It's the most wonderful time of the year. Scott, are you ready? I think so, but is my voice ready? It's getting there. Well, I just need three or four hours to warm up. And I did that with no warm up. <laughs> okay. If I sang for three or four hours, I would be literally done talking for the entire week. With three or four hours, I'm a natural singer. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> if, that, if that goes together, I don't think it does. Well, it is the most wonderful time of the year because it's time to watch Christmas movies. Yay! And I mean, while I like the Hallmarky type movies, I'll, I'll watch one or two of those when you're not around because right. I know you yeah. don't care about that. It's kind of the same story over and over, is it not? Well, kind of, but you okay. still have to watch it. Okay. You need closure. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you know what the end's going to be, you still need closure. Mostly. Sometimes they surprise you. Okay. <laughs> but we like to watch some Christmas movies over and over again occasionally but what's your favorite Christmas movie my favorite Christmas movie mm-hmm. oh gosh I would probably have to go with Elf really because we watch it at, it's gotten to where it's a tradition for our family mm-hmm. and it's one of those where you can watch it a hundred times and you you're still giggling at it yeah you know what I mean but I like also older movies like White Christmas. Like yeah. I used to, <laughs> I used to watch Holiday Inn with Fred Astaire and Bing Crosby. So I lean toward those '40s and '50s movies. Were these even in color? Huh? Were they in color? White Christmas was, okay. but Holiday Inn was not. Holiday Inn, other than Elf, might be my favorite. Wow, I think I did watch that with you one year. Yes, you did. I forced you to watch it. Mm-hmm. And you loved it, didn't you? I don't remember. Okay. That's that's, that's one of the few watch. black and white movies you've ever seen. One of the very few. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we did a survey but online. But wait, don't you know what my favorite Christmas movie is? You were, you were acting like you had a, you were having a difficult decision with this. So I didn't know if you were ready to share. I'm ready. Are I you ready to share? To think about it. Okay. I, I mean, Elf, of course, Elf is out there. I actually yeah. really like Home Alone. I love Jingle All the Way. Yeah. I can giggle at that movie. That's a pretty funny movie. The first one, not the second one. We watched the second one the other day. It was weird. Larry the Cable Guy. I didn't dislike it, but I did laugh out loud at it a couple of times. It's not one I would watch every year, but I was not like not happy with it. Like it was fine. It was, we were, we came across it kind of like the year before where we came across Santa Jaws. That's what I was going to ask you. What was the name of that? Santa Santa Jaws, which was about, it was Christmas time and the shark was just eating everybody on the pier and but it had a santa hat on its fin right, it so did. when it came out of the water you it, saw the, you santa, saw the hat. santa hat yeah. and at some point didn't it get wrapped up in like um christmas lights or something oh yeah yeah oh it was kind of like sharknado meets christmas right yeah meets santa claus is coming to town yeah yeah and speaking of Santa Claus is coming to town, that's what I was going to say. I When I think back to my childhood, mm-hmm. I don't think about movies, watching movies. I always look forward to watching the TV shows, Santa Claus is coming to town, yep. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty, Frosty. the Snowman. Yeah. Like I love, I kind of like those. I don't know if I watch them now and I'm like, that's so lame, but it's also a little nostalgic for me. Okay. I'm going to see if you know the song. Are you ready? Oh, Since you, you sang it at the beginning, I think I am. Have you sang enough? Uh, no, I haven't. Warm up? Just put one foot in front of the other. Yes, I know that song. And soon you'll be walking out the door. (laughs) Good job. 
Thanks. You're supposed to keep going with no, it. But I, I, wanted to, I just wanted to hear you. You left me hanging. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, you kind of give an idea of our favorites. Yeah. And man, I didn't even think about that. The, all those old TV shows are yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, love I like still. the TV shows. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I don't know that. I mean, I still could watch them now, but, and there's movies I would watch now, but my childhood, I think more of those things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's very perceptive rebecca thanks i didn't even think of those shows yep so we did an online survey mm -hmm. of our followers and friends what did those losers say <laughs> wow <Just> bah humbug <laughs> <laughs> well there's some interesting things that happened here okay. on the survey um do you want the number one movie sure what's the number one the movie? number one movie with 21 percent of the vote 21 percent. i feel like we're doing the elections just happened i feel like we're on uh news cable station telling you all the latest get to it are you? okay the number one movie mm -hmm. with 21 percent was elf yeah of course 21 percent of the boat that is like yeah. the most i actually didn't realize that movie had been out as long as it's been out 2003 i yeah, think is what that's like at. most of that's our children's years entire lives so i mean especially when we would let them start watching that i was like five so, when that came oh, out please um yeah, keep going okay so number two on the list is a christmas story don't get it you'll shoot your eye out don't get it 15%. They're all so wrong. pretty close to first. Not, okay. not too far off. A lot of people love that movie. Okay, you mentioned Jingle. Hey, you know what I can't what? sit through in that movie? I'm just I it? just had a realization. What? Such bad parenting. I can't <laughs> I can't get through the parenting. <laughs> Why is the parenting bad? The dad is just rough and absent and the mom is a pushover and yeah. I think that happens in a lot of families, though. I don't know that it's totally unrealistic. Fragile. It makes me cringe. Okay. <laughs> so A Christmas Story is not at the top of your list, then. Um, I think it just has some iconic moments that mm -hmm. we remember. Like sticking the tongue on the pole, which you tried when you were a kid. I did try that. How'd that go? It was terrible. Yeah. But my dad was right. I shouldn't have done it. And I had to stand there until my tongue warmed up. That was in Montana. It was cold. You had to prove your dad wrong and it didn't work out. It never works out. <laughs> That's true. Even today. Even today. Right. Never works out. Okay. So Elf is number one, A Christmas Story, number two. Number mm -hmm. three, one you mentioned, Jingle All the Way. Yay. At 13%. So almost in second place. I mean, who knew that like a movie, a Christmas movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger would be like <laughs> in the top. Right. But he, it's so good. And his... It's cheesy, but good. Goofiness, like, it, works it. Yeah, it's a good cheesy. Who else could play that role and it'd be, like, as funny? Nobody. Right, exactly. Nobody. Okay, speaking of funny, the next the next one down is Grinch, the okay. live-action version with Jim Carrey, with 10% of the vote. And I'm going to be honest, I never, I don't get this one. Like, you didn't get Christmas Story, yeah. I don't get Grinch. Because to me, it was, it was kind of a somber, odd movie to me. And I don't know. Can I be honest? Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen it. Okay. Are you going to tell me I've seen it? I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure we went to the theater, but it was apparently a forgetful for you. It was forgettable for you. Yeah, so. Was, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So along with, a lot of these are like comedies because next on the list with 10%, we had a three-way tie here. Oh, okay. A Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where he lights up the whole house and all that. So Also bad parenting movie. Can't get into it. <laughs> you want some good parenting in I here. I need good parenting and some Christmas. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life at 10%, which is a classic, one of the classics. Mm. 
I lean black and white. I've only seen it once. When you go to the classic movies, I go to more of the musicals and not so much It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. I respect it for what it is, but it's not one of my top mm-hmm. favorites. I feel like he was just kind of whiny. Wow. Okay. That's good parenting, everybody. <laughs> he had bad parenting. I don't know who his parents are, but <laughs> so raised, then, raised a loser. <laughs> speaking of bad parenting, leaving your kid at home while you fly across the country, Home Alone is at 8% right. on the list. Yes. But you like that one. Though. I like that one okay. because it they 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 made a mistake. They don't have long term bad parenting. Actually, they have. It was just a moment. It was a moment. We've all had a moment. I. But can, then they did it again in Home Alone two. Well, they should have made Home Alone two or three or four, <laughs> or however many they're on now. But I mean, it was a with his family as large as they have. I think that was a mistake. I wouldn't say that. Like as she like got them together to leave, and the way she handled it after she found he was she did the best to her ability. So kudos okay <laughs> good parenting in that one okay a white christmas got five percent of the vote have i seen which that? is kind of on my list you've seen that one okay it's got it's uh bing crosby and danny k it's in color you've seen it okay you've had to see it it didn't stick with me and then at five percent with white christmas we have the santa claus okay. which is a cute movie it's cute with tim allen mm-hmm. they just they're doing they just debuted a series that's happening right now mm-hmm. and with 3% to round out our top 10 is Polar Express. I like the Polar Express. It's a pretty cute movie. There's just a couple Not the greatest animation in the world, but really? not in not in my opinion. Well, that's your lane. Yeah. My lane's parenting. But I still think it's a cute movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I There's parts of the Polar Express that just like come to a screeching halt to me. Like when the little girl gets up on the roof of the train and starts trekking through the snow. And yeah. I just kind of want to take a little nap there. Um, and then also there's a time when they get to like that final factory situation where who is it Aerosmith is singing yeah like something and I'm just rocking around the Christmas tree I'm or something like, some I don't know there's Christmas some parts song. of that whole scene area that I'm just like okay you didn't buy the rockin' elf no I would just rather listen to Tom Hanks sing the hot chocolate song yeah that's a great scene right there that is a great scene okay so we've talked about some classics yes but we are here to talk about a new classic yeah today. look at our shirts that's right Put a little jingle in your jangle. It's so. What movie are we talking about, Rebecca? Jingle, jangle, jingle, jangle. It's awesome. It's on Netflix. Yes, and you have to watch it this holiday season. Like right it, tonight. What? Right tonight? Yes. Is that a? Is that a? I don't know. I just started a Christmas song. Okay. I think <laughs> I'm writing a Christmas song as we go. Well, you're gonna watch it and you're gonna fall in love with it. Let me tell you, the same choreographer that did The Greatest Showman did this movie and. From the get-go, I was like, the choreography in this movie is incredible. Right. It is so good. And the actors, oh, so adorable. <laughs> you have to watch it now. It will become one of your favorites. You it's will become watch it. our, our family watches it every Christmas now, it at least so once. Fresh. It's, I love it. It's yeah. like, it's a, there's a freshness to it. Yeah. Um. So if you're looking for your new favorite holiday movie, you're going to want to watch Jingle Jingle tonight. But listen, right now we have on Lisa Davina Phillip. She is coming to us from England. Yes, she is across the pond. Across the pond. And she is, plays Miss Johnston in the movie, which you won't be able to miss her. She's phenomenal. <laughs> That's right. She is phenomenal. Yes. She steals the show. And we are so blessed to have her on our show today. Good morning, Jerry. You have something for me today, Miss Johnston. It's Ms. I'm widowed. Remember? He's dead. Gone. Never coming back. A gift. Knowing what's inside. 
Charged him. Geronicus, I know about losing things. But the magic isn't just in what you've lost. It's in what you still have. Okay, Lisa, thank you for heart meeting with Hardy Party of Five and a Half today. We're so excited to have you on. I cannot wait to talk to you. I'm not kidding. I watched Jingle Jingle for the first time, um, I guess last year. And I mean, immediately gathered the family and said, oh, yeah. watching it oh, again. Oh, wow. It is so good. So good. So good. Choreography in it is amazing. And you are incredible in that show. Oh, I bless you. Uh, I just, the whole time I'm like, this, this is a role I want to play. Like you're just <laughs> fantastic. Brilliant. So we been talking about like our favorite Christmas movies. And so aside from Jingle Jangle, like what is one of your favorite Christmas movies? Um, I have quite a few actually. I like funny mm. family movies. So I love Elf. Oh yeah. I could watch That's Elf on repeat. Word. Like yeah. my favorite scene is when Sam gets so excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just hilarious. Yeah. I love um, Dr. Deuce, The Grinch Stole Christmas. Again, similarly because Jim Carrey is just, he's just got funny bones. He's yes. just totally amazing. And um, yeah. and then I also love Home Alone because I kind of grew up on yeah. Home Alone. The first Home Alone though, not the whole franchise that followed afterwards. It kind right. of lost its trail, I think. But um, I, I just love the idea of the mischievousness of, you know, covering someone in glue and then feathering them and, <laughs> and and like throwing like marbles on the floor for them to trip I mean I never tried those things yes. but I could live vicariously through right. Macaulay Culkin and yes. <laughs> it was yes. it was you know so I like I like fun family films that I can watch sort of with my daughter right. and she loves them too so yeah that's also nice. you can have a daughter yeah that Yes. Yeah, we have boys, so we're very familiar with all those tricks. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they try them out. Yeah, they. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no big deal. But we were talking about Home Alone because somebody was saying that's that don't really feel like that's a real Christmas movie. I guess it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't reference Christmas enough. In but it's it. at Christmas time. But since it's at Christmas yeah. time, I don't know. I'm with you. I think it's a Christmas movie. It's, oh, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely. I think so. Much more than Die Hard. We could go down that trail. but <laughs> Much more, definitely. <laughs> okay, so when did you know that you wanted to be a performer and how did you make that dream a reality? Okay, so um, I knew I wanted to act probably from about the age of 12. So when I was growing up, so I was growing up in the 80s. I don't want to say too much because I'm going to actually give away my age. Um, so Sometimes up, is the 80s. It sounds so far away, doesn't it? The 80s. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, there wasn't that much um, representation on TV in terms of seeing black faces. Mm -hmm. So um, um, there were two programs that came on when I was about 10, which well, by kind of early teens. Um, the first program was called Desmond's. And it was set in a barber shop. It was a Guyanese family set in a barber shop in Peckham, Southeast London. Mm -hmm. And it starred Norman Beaton, who is a who was a complete trailblazer for black actors. And the second program was um, a sketch show called um, The Real McCoy. And that also had an ensemble black actors sort of in it. And um, it was like the first time I saw myself 
on TV, like really saw myself. Like I'm a staunch believer in representation matters. So I saw that these people are doing it. So maybe I could do it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a big deal for me. Um, and there were also some of the actors were local. So I went to, um, when I was about 11, I went to a local fair in the park. It's one of those fairs where they have stalls that sell trinkets and they might have a little stage area set up for people to perform on and and there might be um, fairground rides and things. It was one of those things. And um, one of the actors from The Real McCoy was giving out flyers on the stall. She's no longer with us, but her name was Colette Johnson. And the two girls that I was with, we were just like floored in awe, like, oh my God, this famous lady is here in the park. Let's go say hello. And none of us wanted to go up to her and say hello. So we we went as a three. I think it was arm in arm because we just weren't (laughs) brave enough. Um, And she gave me this flyer for a drama group called Second Wave. It was called Second Wave Youth Arts and it was in Deptford, Southeast London. And um, I joined, I auditioned. I was on the waiting list for six months and then I joined and I was with Second Wave from about the age of 12 to 18. I then went to university and did a degree in drama, media and popular culture. That was more to please my mom and dad because they <laughs> wanted me to have a degree. So I thought, well, if I have a degree in drama, then at least I'm doing what I like, but getting what they oh, want. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. And then when I left university, I thought, I'm an actor. But I so wasn't, like, I wasn't prepared. I didn't have, you know, the standard actor kit, like the photos, the 10 by 8s. I didn't have a voice reel or a show reel. I didn't have an agent. I had nothing. So I soon realised that I'm not an actor. And I thought I was going to, I'm just going to work in a theatre instead. Mm -hmm. So I worked as as the house manager at a theatre. And I was there a year. It was fine. And I was kind of... I wasn't happy there because I knew that I really wanted to act. Yeah. And my role at the theater was to lock up the stage at the end of the night to put the padlocks on mm-hmm. and to and to stock up the bar and write rotors for the staff. So at my kind of yearly review, I went into the office and sort of said, I'd love to stay another year. And the whole idea was for me to save up to go to drama school. So if I stayed mm-hmm. another year. But they pulled the rug from under me because they said that they don't think I quite fit and they're going to have to let me go. Oh, Um, oh, I am. I mean, I didn't say that to them. I was just really cool in front of them. But when I went to the office downstairs, I was bawling. What am I going to do? But as fate would have it, I got a scholarship to go to drama school. So I didn't even have to worry about fees. So, um. So, so yeah, so I, I had a journey from just liking it and doing it kind of socially as a hobby right through to going to drama school. And the drama school thing was more so that I could feel um, that I had some grounding because I had the the kind of natural talent, mm-hmm. but I kind of lacked the finesse. And I think that's what drama school gave me that little tick. Yeah. So your daughter's 12 years old. What if she came home with a flyer that said, hey, drama school or what theater school or whatever the first thing you started with? How would you, know you feel about that? Do you know what's funny? She is an actress. Oh, She's been acting professionally since she was nine. Okay. She's been on, yeah. yeah, she's in. She's been on BBC. She's been on Netflix. She has a short film coming out early in the year. And people say, oh, you know, we knew she'd be an actress. I'm glad you knew because I didn't know. <laughs> I, genuinely, it wasn't that I was trying to push her away from it. Yeah. But she's seen that I struggle. 
you know, there are times when I'm working and it's great and you get a film like Jingle Jangle and it's fantastic and you feel yeah. like you're at the top of the mountain. But there are other times when you're literally at the bottom trying to get a foot up and you keep slipping and right. you have to find a way emotionally and kind of mentally yeah. to balance that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, she acts already, but she says she wants to be a um, midwife. Uh, she wants to be an architect and an interior designer. So yeah. I'm like, you can do whatever. She's 12. You can be whatever. Busy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she is. And the great thing is that she has you, you're a few steps ahead of her to guide her, you know, and, yeah. and what you're just talking about, the ins and outs of the emotional roller coaster that it is. Yeah. And Absolutely. Like, she's a teenager, so she's going to need that wisdom from you. She is also way more savvy than I am. Mm. Maybe because she has me that yeah. she's... I think maybe I dreamed of being an actor and saw the kind of oh it's going to be so wonderful and she Romantic sees the kind side, of yeah. right and she knows yeah. the reality of it mm -hmm. um, but she's brilliant at like if I have to do a self-tape to audition for a job she will hold the camera for me and feed me my lines or she'll even direct me and say oh, say it like that mom <laughs> and she has, but sometimes she's right <laughs> yeah that's so cool. she gives you notes yeah. like like yeah. she has a real like I trained, I trained for this, but she hasn't trained. She just has this thing, this gift naturally yeah. that I admire so much, but uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Okay. I love that. So you were a stage actress for a long time before you hit the movies. So once you hit the movies, how did you, did you consciously have to change how you're acting from the stage to the screen? Um, my a short answer for that would be absolutely. So like my mm -hmm. first job out of drama school I did was The Lion King. Oh, yeah. um, and I loved that job. I was I was a swing. So that meant I wasn't on stage every night, but I would have to be in show underwear and makeup. And if anything happened throughout the show, that was my job to run on and cover four of the ensemble girls, Rafiki and Shenzi. So I had a Bible that was literally, <laughs> it was like 10 bricks thick of uh, where I had to stand on stage, where I had to enter, what costume I had to put in, where I had to exit. It was, it was, there were tears when I was rehearsing going, I will never remember this. <laughs> but it was, it was, it was sort of a fire, it was baptism by fire. You yeah. know, it really taught yeah. me how hard working in a musical is eight shows yeah. a week. But um, it also made me see the beauty of it because I wasn't on stage every night. I was able to appreciate the show. So I would sit in the little box at the side and look at the audience instead of looking at the stage oh, because really? you would see people's faces light up. So I don't know if you've seen The Lion King, but the mm -hmm. opening scene is all the animals come down the aisle and come onto the stage and you can see an elephant and a giraffe on stilts and it is just awe-inspiring. Yeah. And it filled me, it made me pinch myself and go I'm really lucky mm -hmm. so I was able to do some really lovely um, musical theatre bits I was also in Matilda I played Mrs Phelps in Matilda mm -hmm. um, I played um, uh, one of Odomay's sisters in Ghost oh, yeah. um, I did Amen Corner I've done Porgy and Best I've also done um, a few other plays uh, as we've gone along but um, the transfer to, to TV was so it's it's a completely different kind of way of acting. Yeah. So on stage, you have to be big. Right. You have to play to the people right at the back. And then on TV, it's completely different. It's so minuscule. It's like you're not 
you feel like you're not doing anything like yeah. just raising your eyebrow means so much uh, whereas on stage but just raising my eyebrow might not read mm. unless you're in the first three rows mm. so it meant that I had to pull everything back and be smaller and mm. I'm quite um I'm quite an animated person, so that's, <laughs> that's quite, I speak a lot with my hands and stuff. So, yeah, that, I that's, that, <laughs> so that was, that was quite, um, that's, it's been quite a challenge for me. Yeah. Um, I, I, the first, the first kind of TV stuff I did, I was in a program called The Royal Today, where I played a nurse and I had to film a scene where, so the main character, he's down on one knee and he's proposing to his girlfriend. And they just did a kind of shot where the rest of the staff are in the, the room and we're reacting to him proposing to his girlfriend. And I was giving it, I'm on stage going, oh, it's that wonderful, great, fantastic, oh, it's lovely. Well, I should have just been complete. But the, the thing is, no one told me I was doing that. Yeah. It wasn't until I saw it that I went, oh. oh. So on stage, we would call that drawing focus. Like yeah. you're taking away from what's going on and making it about you but I, I wasn't I wasn't aware that that's what I was doing right oh, yeah. that's how I had been trained yeah. so so I'm glad no one watches the world today now <laughs> because it's quite embarrassing but um, um yeah so 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 being on tv I would say naturalistic and yeah maybe a little even a little bit quiet Sometimes like I have to turn up the TV when I'm watching programs yeah. because I find that the actors speak really quietly. Uh -huh. um, whereas on stage, it's all about projection and, yeah. and giving it from the diaphragm. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, so it's fun, but it's very different. And the only how you can learn it is by doing it. You can't yeah. tell somebody. Yeah. I think I had to go through that and see myself looking like an idiot on the screen to make myself realize, nah, you can't do that again. That's funny. I think that Miss Johnson actually kind of encapsulates both of those. There's plenty of times that she's obviously big and gregarious. And then there's times that she's just so like, you know, sly and like the cute little playful things that she does. I think it's like a perfect blend of you. Oh, bless you. <laughs> and so speaking of Miss Johnson, that was your first major movie role in Jingle Jangle. So tell us, how did you feel when you got that part? Oh my God! I was there's a video. David has he's a very yes. naughty. Oh yeah, we're gonna, video. we're gonna show that video. Pop it in. Yeah. So I'm sitting here in the studio in London with, uh, of course, of uh, all of our our music team, all these amazing Davy Nathan, Young Harvey Mason, look Thriller, Mike Jackson in the back, Lynn Talbot and Chloe, and uh, we have here a young lady who has uh, uh, Lisa Devine. What do you think of that song? The song is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, what do you think of the mu musical you've been uh, reading with? Ah, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's just, it's, it's, it's almost otherworldly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely blessed by their ancestors. Yeah. Definitely. What if I told you that we're going to cast you as a role of Miss Johnson? <laughs> and that you're going to be starring opposite no! Forrest Whitaker, Felicia Rashad, <laughs> Keegan, Michael oh Key. Yeah, Anika Noni Rose, oh you're going to be joining the cast no! of Jingle Jangle, no! ladies and gentlemen. So, so I went to the recording studio to just play around with Miles and Miles, and then he called me into the room, and everybody's in there. Yeah. So, and he's also got his phone on me, and he's recording, and I wasn't expecting this. I was just going to go in to say, hi, and then yeah. go to the next room. And he, he just, he kind of reels me in. 
says, oh, what did you think of the, the song that you've just heard? And I'm like on the spot going, oh, it's a song. <laughs> and then he's like, and how would you feel if I told you you got Miss Johnson? And I loved it. <laughs> I'm clapping like a seal. I'm jumping. <laughs> I'm screaming. I'm, you know, like sometimes when people put, put, to, put a phone on you, you kind of have a persona. Right. That yeah. persona was completely gone. It was literally me. <laughs> like a child like a child just clapping and screaming and hugging David and going no no way no way it was just it was wonderful it was it was a complete surprise because I know that David had my back he really wanted me for this part but I wasn't 100% sure that Netflix execs and things were happy so Mm. I always felt like I was on tender hooks because I know they were looking for um an Aretha Franklin kind of yeah. voice and I can sing I've done musicals but I can't sing like Aretha so, <laughs> um, so I don't think very many people can Nobody sing. Can so, so Nobody I mean can. Marisha Wallace <laughs> Marisha Wallace who sang Miles and Miles has done an incredible job because it's a fantastic song it's really catchy and yeah. I love dancing to it but wow. I, I had to master <laughs> lip syncing which I still think doesn't look particularly great but um Again, it's one of those things, if you've never done something before, you kind of have to try it and then learn from it. So if ever I was put in that situation again, hey, maybe I'd do it better, you know. Yeah. But um, it, it was an incredible experience. But I, I, I still am in shock when I watch that movie and say, that's me. That's, yeah. that's me right there. I did that. Yeah. And because... Yeah, I, honestly, I I can't even I can't even speak now. I'm still I still watch it. Oh my god! Because <laughs> it's a film that I would watch, so I think that's what makes me appreciate it. Or it's a film yeah. that I would recommend to friends and go, "Oh, you have to see this film for Christmas. It's fantastic." But yeah. I'm saying that, and I'm in it. Yeah, complete joy, complete yeah. joy. Yes. So in general, do you, are you okay watching yourself? Because I've heard some actors say, "I never watch myself," and some like to watch it to see how, what I can do better. How do you feel watching yourself? I'm I'm the I like to watch myself to see how yeah. I can improve. Yeah, yeah. Um, just you know, and I might watch myself and go, mm, "Why did I do that?" Or "Why did I use that take?" That second take was so much better. You know, it's like, but I mean, you you it's, it's you you can't see the overall picture of what you know your director or or what people are putting together. So you have to trust that they know right. what they're doing. Yeah. But I do like to watch myself because I think yeah. it's a great learning curve. Oof, I do not like to even watch these these videos. Uh, right yeah. us. No, not even. Here's no. the difference. We're not getting paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's kind of like being a baseball. It's not a job, full-time job. It's like being an athlete. They watch video to see how they can do it better. Yeah, so right. I, that makes sense to me. <laughs> yes. If I think I need to watch this more. If I were an actor, I'd want to watch it again. <laughs> like to see yeah I think I could take myself out and go okay that that's not really me I'm just seeing what this actor's doing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so mm-hmm. speaking of David E. Talbert he said in an interview that Mrs. Johnston was the heart of the movie mm-hmm. and I think that's a pretty big deal yeah so for you personally how would you describe Mrs. Johnston and what did she <laughs> what did that character mean to you um I mean I I love David E. Talbert he's just a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, and for him to say that, it means a lot. And he did tell me when we were filming that Miss Johnson was his favorite character. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. But then there was also more pressure because then I have to do her justice to live <laughs> up to the character that he's had in his head. Oh, because, yeah. I mean, he was, 
he worked on Jingle Jangle for 22 years before it finally got made, you know, put it down and going back to it and put it. So he, he must have known all the characters inside out. So then to try and breathe life into it, there was a little bit of pressure, but he's so um, lovely and warm. It, 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 It was not easy, but, um, he didn't make it difficult for me. Um, I think he's right in the sense that Miss Johnson brings a kind of a warmth and um, a wholeness. Um, she's the type of person that um, she sort of she's she she brings a, this kind of joy and happiness. Not it, not that you know everything in the world is good, but she sees good in everything. Yeah. So that's kind of like I think she brings a kind of experience. Uh, we don't hit, have sort of see much of her backstory but from right. from from my own research I thought maybe she's been married before maybe she's widowed and lost mm-hmm. her husband so she understands what Geronicus is going through mm-hmm. I think she um she also represents a kind of uh forgiveness like mm-hmm. um a forgiveness of yourself and for other people because mm-hmm. I mean in the story Geronicus has um a strained relationship with his daughter and she has to forgive him for being let down and he has to forgive himself for giving up on his dreams so mm-hmm. I think Miss Johnson gives him the space to kind of sigh and to breathe mm-hmm. and to start again it, yeah. she 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 offers a kind of hope for a new beginning mm-hmm. yeah That's, I totally agree yeah. and her perfectly placed hat and her perfectly <laughs> outfit she's thank so you adorable. to costume <laughs> <laughs> So incredibly adorable. So on set, like I love the choreography. I just was eating the choreography up. And Scott um, had mentioned to me that the same person that did The Greatest Showman did that choreography. And it is so fantastic, including even your scene, you know, where you're dancing around the store and all of that. It's just so good. So did did it, how did it feel on set? Like you've got all these moving parts. Was it as magical as I want it to be in my mind? um <laughs> no there was a lot of sweat blood and tears so I I what was lovely was that I'd worked with so Ashley Waller was choreographer and and his assistant Jen and I had worked with them previously on Ghost because they okay. were the choreography team on Ghost so I I was aware of how they worked mm-hmm. um I won't say military like but you know you know you have to get on with it okay do it again yeah okay yep do that again so, I mean, even when we were filming in between takes, I mean, I have a corset on as oh, well. Yeah. And I think it was five layers of clothes. Oh, my word. Um, so oh. I was sweltering. Oh, my and, God. and we filmed like in summer. Yes, there's snow on the ground. But we filmed between like May and August. So it's hot and there's light. So in between the makeup ladies will be patting me down and reapplying the makeup. Um, so, it, I mean, there was lots of wonderful moments. What was funny was, um, so Geronica didn't have to do anything. Forrest so, um, <laughs> was kind of laughing in that, you know, he just has to walk around. Right. You know, while while Miss Johnson yeah. spins and turns and, and mm-hmm. tries to get his attention and preens and, and she's sort of willing for him to just look at her and he's just so disinterested. Um, <laughs> so that, that was fun because... Um, we, we sort of likened it to, I don't know if you remember a cartoon called Pepe Le Pew. 
Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. there's, there's a little skunk who's chasing yeah. the cat. And I felt like the skunk that was constantly <laughs> trying to get this cat's attention. Um, so it was, it was, it's a wonderful scene. I had to marry up the lip syncing with the moving. Mm-hmm. And with filming, you have to be able to bring it every for every single take. Yeah. Even if you're tired, you have to be able to go for it. There was there's one <laughs> there's one moment where I have to land really sexily on the chaise long, <laughs> and then the backing dancers pop their heads out at the back. Yes. And um, on one take, I landed, but I completely ricocheted off the chaise long and onto the floor, <laughs> spread eagle. I was so embarrassed. I didn't move. I just froze because I didn't know what to do. I think they thought I was dead. <laughs> and then I looked up. And they all burst out laughing. Oh, and David was like, that's going in the outtakes. So I was like, great. <laughs> is hilarious. I do, this is weird. I do choreography for our Christmas gala at our church every year. Oh. Every year, it's usually like teenagers and above. And this year I have preschoolers. <gasps> and no, they're not cute. It's It's awful. I would, like one's going to be turned with their back to the audience. The other one's right. picking their nose. They're do whatever they want to do. It's so bad. I would rather deal with 100 teenage girls than these children. I mean, I don't even know how those people do that all day long. <laughs> it's, it's so, so cute, though. Like, the little videos that will come out of that. Just I know. I have I have them putting on Santa beards at one point, and they're all like, bah, 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 and like <laughs> fur out everywhere. It's like a mess. <laughs> Oh, not, not as cute as I wanted it to be. <laughs> so, and do you have any other like memorable moments that you remember on set that were interesting or fun? Um, so I had to sing the Miles and Miles reprise, and I didn't know I was going to sing it. I just assumed for, I would just lip sync for everything. So this is the bit that comes after Jeronica says, "Kiss Miss Johnson on the cheek." She's sitting oh, in the yeah. van and she goes, "Yeah,", yeah. <laughs> and she just drives away with this. She's so excited now. She's got her man, and so David said, "I want you to sing that live." I was like, oh. "Okay, okay." <laughs> you know, I think maybe he didn't tell me because he knew I would have panicked. Yeah. Um, so I hadn't practiced it, but clearly nobody else knew that that's what we were going to do because he was like, "Roll sound," and nothing happened. Because no, nobody had been queued up, the music okay. wasn't in the right place. Oh, yeah. So, like, filming time is money, and it felt like this eternity, waiting for the music to start. And <laughs> yeah. I'm getting more and more panicky, and it's there's the kind of deathly silence. Now on set, there's literally about a hundred people because there's costumes, there's wigs, there's makeup, there's sound, there's lighting. There's all the people around the back on computers. I don't know what they're doing, but they're <laughs> typing frantically. <laughs> and it's now silent because the music isn't playing. And it's four <laughs> staring at you? Uh, Forrest, Forrest <laughs> is next to me in, in standing outside of the um, van. His little hand comes through the window of the van and honks the horn. <laughs> and it literally, everybody just burst out. He literally, you know, like when the ice breaks, because right, it felt yeah. like everything was getting so tense. But that horn, just the echo of it around the room just made everybody burst into tears. And then I was like, it was a thing. It was him. It was, yeah. him. <laughs> it was just like, so that was lovely because there's a real, um, there's a real playful side to Forrest. Yeah. Like, I think my impressions went, before I met him was that serious actor. Right, yeah. You know, I have to watch how I speak around him, but he's just really playful, especially around the children, yeah. especially around um like Madison um Madeline. 
and Kieran, he was just really warm and bubbly and silly and funny and, and making everybody, he has a knack of making people feel at ease. Mm. You know, he didn't, yeah. there was no bravado. Mm. There was no, um, he was humble and yeah. sweet. You wouldn't like, he spoke really softly. Yeah. Like I would have to crane my neck to hear what he was saying because <laughs> he was so gentle. Um, and like you wouldn't know he was in a room. Um, like when Keenan was in the room, you knew he was there because oh, yeah. he's Keenan's lively. Yeah. yeah, and and he kind of he takes over and he's laughing and he's but Forrest could walk into the room and you wouldn't know he was there. Yeah. He just, wow. quiet and he just sits down and he yeah. just you know, and not to say one is better than the other, it's just mm -hmm. Just different personality. Different. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. How is it your first movie you're working with Forrest Whitaker? I mean, like a legendary actor. How blessed did you feel about that? I I yeah, uh, I don't know what David saw. I still don't know what David saw in me. Yeah. Because I, you know, you know. that role was really highly sought. No, but I feel like little old me from South East London. I don't, you know, and I know that. There were Hollywood actresses that wanted this role, so so he clearly he saw something in me, and yeah. I I feel forever indebted to him for for just giving me this opportunity, because sometimes that's all it takes for somebody to have faith in you, and to yeah. believe in you, and then yeah. you 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 push yourself to to live up to that expectation, and and I think that's what he did for me. He allowed me to shine. Yeah. which is lovely, and I loved it. And I you know people say is there going to be a jingle jangle too. I mean, it took 22 years to get yeah. the first one here. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I think there's also been talk of putting on Broadway. Mm. So oh, that may nice. be another way to transfer it onto the stage yeah. might be the next natural step. Yeah. It's really a magical movie. And, you know, you say, humbly, you say, oh, I can't believe I'm in this movie, but I can't imagine anyone else playing your role. Mm -hmm. And that's oh. when, that's when you know you've nailed it is you just can't imagine anyone else. Yeah, if she, anyone else did yeah. it, you'd be like, oh, that's not her. Right. You know, that's she not Lisa. She says Hollywood, act yeah. Hollywood people wanted. I was like, who? Who could yeah. do that? <laughs> can do what Lisa does. I'll tell you one name. I think Queen Latifah wanted it. Oh, oh really? yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge Queen Latifah fan. There I, you go. There I you literally go. got dressed yesterday and I said to Scott, does this look like something Queen Latifah would wear? Like I, on the equalizer? On the equalizer? Yeah. I love her. <laughs> brilliant brilliant yeah but, so like when so when I think about that it makes me go wow I did that yeah but I think that won't sink in for maybe years to come maybe yeah, then yeah. I'll be able to feel more comfortable yeah. in that position right. yeah. but at the moment it still feels new I mean we're okay. two three years on but it still feels fresh it still feels okay. new yeah okay so we talked about miles and miles just for a second there the physicality of that, like you're talking about lip syncing, which to me seems harder than mm -hmm. actually singing when when you're, you've got to think about, okay, what are the words and all that? Yeah. I, I read where David was talking about that a gospel singer was actually an inspiration to how you were moving in that scene. Like he, oh. like he mentioned this gospel singer, he told you to throw your back like when you I did I did throw my back there and you're just growling you I know? did it back I did it I don't know how I did that back but I must have been channeling her yeah. when I look back I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> um, um I I mean I guess when you're in it you just put yourself in it you, you do everything sometimes yeah. um it's not like I wouldn't say it's an out-of-body experience because I am still there I am still kind of present yeah. but it's it's like 
you throw yourself into something, don't you? You you push you push the boundaries and you do things that but I you know Lisa wouldn't do, but Miss Johnson would do that. So right, yeah. I think it allows room for that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but the dance, I mean, I I've I've done musicals, so I know that I can move, I know that I can dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the the song being as funky as it was, it, I think the music dictated the moves. Yeah, you know, yeah. So that's what, it felt good. It felt good. Then you had it. the pips there to back it up. <laughs> Yes, yeah. yes, I did. I had my little backing band. That was fantastic. Yeah. I love their outfits too. <laughs> yeah. They had the best costumes. Oh, the costumes were amazing. That was um done by Michael. Oh, I can't remember his surname, but he's incredible because he was able to mix that kind of um steampunk with kind yeah, of an Afro chic. Mm-hmm. Right, there was yeah. lots of African prints in there, and, was, and even the the um the hair. There was, you know, we had, there were Afros and there were, um, Af- you know, African hairstyles, like texture. There yeah, was texture. Right. There wasn't kind of a weave in sight kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it celebrated um, Blackness as being good and yeah. positive and strong. Yeah. Even just having a Black inventor. Yeah. I've always thought that is incredible. <laughs> like, <laughs> because growing up as a kid, you know, I loved Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Those were the films that I loved as a child growing up. But again, I wasn't there. Yeah. I appreciate right. it for being a good film with great costumes and dancing and singing and Dick Van Dyke and it was brilliant. But there wasn't there wasn't anybody that looked like me. And I think that's mm-hmm. what David has offered. He's put something on the plate which is just as high a caliber. Yeah. And there's this wealth of black talent from both sides of the Atlantic as well, which yeah. I think is lovely. Yeah. Um, to give younger children. And I've had friends send me videos of their little sisters or cousins or nieces dancing to miles and miles. Oh, and they filmed them. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's like <laughs> Because it's like what I said, when you see yourself, representation matters. And when you see yourself, you know that you can do that. So Mm -hmm. it feels wonderful to know that there might be a little girl or boy out there Mm -hmm. who I've inspired. Yeah. Who might think, oh, I can do this too. Mm -hmm. But that feels, that touches my heart. That makes me feel incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) And you speak of the African elements, that the snowball scene where that he's, that's when he's, to me, that's when the character's starting to like, let go of things and yeah. come back to life but the african drums and music they they mixed in with the christmasy music mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 like you can just i love that it. too yeah. and i was asking david can i be in that scene that was, yeah. that was the one <laughs> can scene I help, can i help him yeah. out yeah Absolutely. I could have just been in a window somewhere, just throwing a silver. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't part of that scene, but that was incredible. That looks amazing to film. I loved everything. I mean, to me, the film has 
you know, a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's got this kind of CGI stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's got the animation in it as well. Sometimes it goes into that storytelling kind of clay animation. Yeah. Oh, which is brilliant. Obviously, yeah. Yes, obviously the costumes are great. Um, and and just the the the, the caliber of actors that they got together. Mm-hmm. Um, were great. I mean, it was kind of Madeline's first big movie, and she's done so much more since Tiger Rising and a few other things that she's done. So it's it's allowed people to um to grow, you yeah. know, to to use that film and to to kind of as a springboard into other things and to other avenues. And I think that that's really lovely. I think the legacy of Jingle Jangle and and the family that we created. Um, I'm gonna get emotional. Um, it was because it was just it was um especially because I don't I don't have that much experience of being on the film set so I just took for granted that this is what it's like yeah. and uh, it was beautiful it was beautiful to me it was nice having David and Lynn work together husband and wife team because mm-hmm. their their love and how they responded and like the two of you how you talk to each other and respond to each other it's beautiful to see you know that yeah. you can live and work together and do all these amazing other things it's mm-hmm. it's inspiring it's like it's like couple goals you know it's like you know it's, <laughs> it's nice but that, i mean david and lynn worked so well together and it, um um there were so many little things that they paid homage to i think um, one of the hairstyles, I think Toni Morrison is um, Lynn's, one of Lynn's favorite writers. One of the hairstyles was a Toni Morrison hairstyle. Um, um, Lynn's, Lynn's father, I think it was either the first doctor or the first dentist, black dentist in their area. So they um, dedicated one of the shop fronts was called the Sisson Arms. Mm-hmm. So it was named in honor of her father. Oh, wow. um, I mean, there's a few other gyms. There was a, a nod to Chadwick Boseman and Black Panther on um, Geronicus's briefcase where that he travels around the world with. One of the stickers, I think, might have said Wakanda on it. Oh, so yeah. there were so many little things, oh, yeah. so many little gems yeah. um, that I feel proud of. I feel like, wow, amazing. Yeah. He's, David is an incredible storyteller. He has a lot of vision and um, there's a real childlike nature about him mm-hmm. and I think it's probably something we should all be we should all strive to be as, as children mm-hmm. I watched a little girl sorry I can ramble shut me up <laughs> <laughs> I was looking I was sit, standing on the balcony and I saw a little girl walking with her dad she must have been about two or three and it'd been raining the night before so there were huge puddles on the floor she had wellies on but her dad had flip-flops and anyway they were walking and as they were walking truck or a car went past and splashed the puddles and her whole world lit up and her dad who was on his phone texting stopped what he was doing noticed that she was excited and stopped he put his phone away and for the next 10 minutes they just watched cars going through the puddles and then she stepped off the curb and stepped in the puddles and she said to her dad are you gonna come and he said I can't I've got flip-flops but you can go and she was just so happy that she could walk in a puddle like if you know as adults we can get a bit um downtrodden Mm -hmm. with life and I found that having my daughter enabled me to remember what it was like when I was a kid because you forget Mm -hmm. and it allowed you to say it's the best ever every day 
it's stopped now. She's 12 now and she's on her phone and she's a bit <laughs> nonchalant at the moment. No. But when she was really young, every day was the best day ever. And I think that's what David brings to this film, that mm. it's it's this excitement, this childlike curiosity. It's the best day ever. It's amazing. And it was infectious. It, yeah. it, you know, when you have person at the top, the leader, the director, who has that energy, it trickles down into every department. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you can, and everybody just pulls together, and wants to do their best. Yeah. And that's, it. and I feel that when I'm watching the movie, like it's become, it's one of the movies that we're going to watch every Christmas. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. get that feeling of that once. just that excitement at least once. We'll probably we watched it like Tuesday, and we're going to watch it again. <laughs> it's become that brilliant, become that iconic movie that you're going to watch with your family every year, and it's just that's just awesome. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Yesterday at Thanksgiving, I showed my mom a little snippet of your, of yeah. your, of your one of your big scenes and I was like this is who we're talking to tomorrow oh my god yeah but it's so weird for me because it's like I'm still me nothing has changed and yeah. yes you know Forrest Whitaker kissed me on the cheek and like I didn't want to wash my cheek if I'm being honest I didn't but like nothing's changed I you know it's still I'm still the same and I you know and I love doing these things where I can talk to people and find out how much they enjoyed yeah. the film. And, and even because it's all a learning curve as well for me to see what I can do better and, and yeah. what read and what didn't read and what, you know, it, just incredible. So right. thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Yes. What is what's next for you? Can you can you tell us what's next on what's on your plate next? I don't know. So um, <laughs> um, I just filmed something last week for a British daytime soap it's like a, a, a hospital drama um so I think that's coming out in February but I was just on as a guest artist okay um yeah. so I filmed that um as I said my daughter my daughter's doing some voiceover work for some children's animation mm -hmm. called Brave Bunnies which is like a preschool thing so I get to chaperone yeah, yeah. <laughs> my many hats when you're a parent <laughs> you have many things that you do um and she also has a short film coming out soon so uh between the two of us we're really busy okay. but again life life goes up and down I've done um two Christmas films now I did a, a black British Christmas film um the year before last called Boxing Day Boxing. Um, with a melamine but um as you said about home alone it was set around christmas time it wasn't necessarily a christmas movie it was yeah. more like that but yeah. it was wonderful it felt great to be in um a, a british black christmas film because uh, like the black british culture is unique in itself you yeah. know so i remember at school when we learned about history we learned a lot about Malcolm x and um you know martin luther king and the civil rights movements but actually in britain we had our own civil rights movement mm -hmm. we had the bristol bus boycotts where where um they weren't giving black men jobs on buses as conductors mm -hmm. so they boycotted on the buses over here too but we don't find out about those things right. so it was nice to be in a black british movie that celebrated the um the culture from our perspective yeah 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 okay so you mentioned your daughter maya right mm -hmm. so she's a sickle cell warrior yes. so tell us more about her and just how she inspires you and then how we could help in that cause mm -hmm. oh so um but for anybody that doesn't know briefly sickle cell is a hereditary blood disorder um you need to get it from both parents 
Um, so I carry it, but I don't suffer from it. The, mm -hmm. sym the symptoms are um, pain and tiredness, and it's caused by the red blood cells. Instead of them being round and spongy and soft, instead they're more like a crescent moon or a sickle, hence it being called sickle cell. And they get trapped and blocked in the veins. And where they get trapped and blocked, it can cause a swelling and it can cause pain. But because the blood is everywhere in your body, depending on where you get this blockage, it can be something severe. For example, if you've got a blockage on your brain, it could cause a stroke. Yeah. Or just if you've got a blockage in your wrist, it might mean your wrist is a bit painful. But um, so it, it's um, the only known cure is a bone marrow transplant, but it's only really offered in very severe cases. So mm -hmm. the treatment my daughter has is she takes daily medication. She's got to drink lots of water and eat a healthy, balanced diet. She's on a lot of pain meds. Um, and she just has to kind of not overdo things. If she gets too overexcited or too tired, it could trigger things. So it's also about finding out what your triggers are and just learning to avoid them. Um, what's inspiring about her? Um, she's um, She doesn't complain. She, she doesn't allow her condition to define her. She just kind of gets on with it so at the moment my car's in the garage I normally pick her up and drop her to school but we're having to walk um and her school's on a hill so um it can take a little while to get to school because she needs to rest along the way but she just gets on with it yeah um you know it's she um she's she's just She's a wonderful spirit. She has a wonderful soul. She's kind. She's sweet. She's caring. She's considerate. She's also um, she also spreads awareness about sickle cell. So when she was about seven, she asked me, "Why did God give me sickle cell?" Mm. And I don't know if I was even ready to 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 answer that question because I feel guilty that she has sickle cell because she it's hereditary. She got it from me, and I've it's my own personal journey struggling with this is what I've done to my child and seeing her in pain or seeing her in hospital for weeks at a time or seeing her have a blood transfusion or you know so I have to deal with a lot but I said to her maybe God is giving you this for you to share your journey with others and maybe by telling people what you're going through you're going to be helping them so they don't feel alone um, and that just opened up her world. Then we met other sickle cell warriors. And I mean, many older warriors say that you know, life is so much different now. You get the help that you need. So my daughter has um, uh, psychotherapy to help with her pain management, which wasn't offered in the 70s or the 80s. You know, it was kind of just looked over. So there's a lot more help and a lot more understanding now than there was. It could still yeah. be a bit better. It could still be a bit better. There have been um, terrible horror stories in the NHS where um, doctors don't tend to believe patients who look like me when we say we're in pain. They think you're just after the drugs. Oh, so yeah. there have been some terrible stories, but I guess the more we highlight the stories, the mm. more there'll be a change. In terms of what people can do, if you can give blood and you want to give blood, you, you can you can do that. Um, one donation of blood helps up to three adults. Mm -hmm. It's more if it's children. Um, you can help raise awareness. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you can help raise money for charity. I mean, some of the money can go towards um, advancing in medical treatment. Sometimes money can go towards, um, you know, funding a trip for children with sickle cell so that they can um, they can go away from home from their parents for a week and do the normal stuff like canoeing and abseiling and all the wonderful things that as a parent with a child with sickle cell, I'm like, hell no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, if it's an organized trip where there's, well, my daughter did that last year where she went with doctors and nurses and and she was able to go away and be herself. And then I was able to have a week to myself as well without worrying, you know, is she okay? Is she safe? So, so it was good for both of us. It was a great kind of learning curve. So yeah, you can raise money for charity or even just, I mean, the simplest thing I think people can do is if you hear somebody's got sickle cell, just talk to them and ask them questions, find out about it. Um, See if there's anything that you can do to help them. Um, Like my daughter has to drink a lot of water. The other day she went to school. I walked her halfway to school and then she met up with a friend of hers and she was like, I'm going to go with my friend now. I was like, oh, okay. And I said to her friend, Laura, Laura, please don't walk too fast if she needs to go. So my, Maya looked at me like, Mom, stop it. But I just, you know, but, but the, you know, that's what you can do to help. If, you know, if you're walking with somebody, it takes them a little bit longer. So be mindful, don't race ahead, walk at their pace. Ask them if you're making yourself a drink, ask them, do you want a drink? Because they have to stay hydrated. So, yeah, it's just just um, just being mindful that somebody around you needs a little extra TLC yeah. and helping with that. Well, you and Maya are an inspiration. Yes, I've already looked and more today, today about single oh. yeah. ago, So And your voice could be a scented candle. I could listen to you <laughs> talk all day. I know. Is it weird to ask if you'll just call and read us storybooks at night? Story yes. <laughs> what are you like? As you're talking, I'm thinking, man, I could, if, you're you, like, if you, yeah, just it's so, <laughs> well, it's like engrossing and relaxing. I and yeah, I know. So. Just so too awesome. much hands, too much yeah. hands. <laughs> too much hands. <laughs> Rebecca talks with her hands too. I so. do. I have to sit on them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we are so thankful that you took time with us today. You're such an inspiration to us, and your daughter is an inspiration to us. She That's shows right. such great perseverance, and I love not met her, but you just describe her in such a way that I think she would be everybody's best friend. I, I love oh, the. So thank you, thank so you much. for sharing a little bit of her story with us too, and. Thank you for taking time with us. We know it's a little close to dark over there across the pond than it is here. So yeah. um, we appreciate you taking time to be with us today. You are oh, beautiful. Thank and you. We're going to go watch her, your other movie that we have not seen That's yet. Right. We're going to find Boxing Day. Too. We're going to find Boxing <laughs> Brilliant. I play a Jamaican auntie in that. So it's okay. completely different. <laughs> completely different. <laughs> awesome. So thank well, thank you, so you so much for having me. You guys are brilliant. Thank you. I told you, you're going to love her and you're going to go watch Jingle Jangle right now. Well, what if you don't have Netflix? Listen, if you don't have Netflix, Scott's going to put our login information in (laughs) the show notes. Oh, really? (laughs) So we're going to have the Netflix police after us. Come at me. Okay. About it. I think that's frowned upon. Is it illegal? Don't answer that. (laughs) This is incriminating. Yes. I think it's time to end. Yeah. I'm going to edit this out. You'll never see it. Go watch Jingle Jangle. It is the best Christmas movie ever. You will fall in love with all the characters in there, but obviously Miss Johnston has her heart. 
It's going to be a new family tradition. That's right. Merry Christmas from Hardy Party of Five and a Half. Over and out. We'll see you next time.